the market philosophy and, and the overpowering strategy on how to approach the markets since last summer. And I mean the stock market, the housing market, the crypto market, the junk bond market, and a bunch of others was summarized eloquently for all eternity. Just shut up and buy, the guy said. For a long time, I mean for months, this strategy worked. Everything was going completely crazy and, and people kept changing metrics to explain that uh, this was the new normal, that this is how it would be from now on. It became the uh, so-called raging mania. Again, one of those highly uh, accurate technical terms. And, and it practically didn't matter what you bought and, and at what ludicrous, insane price you bought because as long as you bought, you made money. But then the logic of just shut up and buy broke somewhere near uh, February 12th. Many of the most hyped segments of the whole rigmarole started cratering. We're talking IPO stocks such as Airbnb, which, which was down 39% from the peak. Zoom, which is down 46% from the peak. Palantir, which is down 53% from the peak. Uh, Snowflake, which is down 45% and, and many others. I'm Wolf Richter at WolfStreet.com, where we tell the stories behind business, finance, and money. You're listening to the Wolf Street Report. It's Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. EV stocks started cratering too, including Tesla, which is down 35% from the peak, and, and uh, SPACs, the, the special purpose acquisition companies, and, and especially the EV SPACs that are down 50% and 60% and some over 70%, such as uh, QuantumScape, and, and a few are down over 80%, such as uh, our super hype Nova Nikola, which is down 87%. Or uh, media darling Kathy Wood's ARC Innovation Fund, which is down, well, only 34%. And uh, real estate outfits such as Compass, which had its IPO seven weeks ago, it's down 37% from its peak on the first day. And, and Redfin, which is down 47%, and Zillow, which is now flipping houses, it's, it's down 45%. And there's another market philosophy and an overpowering strategy on how to approach the markets just by the effing dip. And in, in these segments, people did just that, and they bought the effing dip, or rather every plunge that uh, stand out, such as Nikola performed, and, and every time they bought the effing dip, shortly thereafter, they got run over by another and even bigger effing dip. And at some point, this is starting to hurt. In other words, there, there's a bloodbath going on in these segments, and, and this bloodbath has been deepening and widening, and, and uh, the market capitalization is in the billions or hundreds of billions, such as Tesla, and, and the damage has started to uh, bubble to the surface ever so gently, even in the overall stock market indices, uh, though they track many trillions of dollars in stocks. The Nasdaq is down only about 5% from its peak, and, and the S&P uh, 500 has stalled since, since mid-April, and on Friday was down just 2% from its peak. So people who are invested in the overall stock market have not felt the pain, but others that chased after these, uh, these biggest super-hype novas of the moment, they're, they're getting crushed one stock at a time. That's how broader problems in the stock market start out. And, and there's the entire crypto space. There are now well over 5,000 cryptos, and, and there are more cryptos than stocks. Everyone is popping them out, and, and there are new ones every day. And, and I might make my own crypto pretty soon uh, just to properly mock the whole thing. Well, and that whole thing was once worth over $2.5 trillion. $2.5 trillion being nothing to mock, even today when we're throwing the trillions around like there's no tomorrow. 
And at the moment, meaning meaning less than two weeks later, the whole thing is worth about $1.2 trillion less. In other words, in less than two weeks, in uh, just the crypto space, $1.2 trillion in imagined wealth evaporated into ambient air. For some of these folks uh, who traffic in these digital entities, the, the hated fiat dollar is going to blow up and disappear. And, and uh, these thousands of cryptos are going to be around and, and uh, take the dollar's place. Bitcoin is currently at uh, $32,000. It's down 50% from the peak uh, two weeks ago. That, uh, that by itself wiped out about $600 billion in uh, wealth that uh, folks thought they had and, and suddenly don't have. And, and poof, it's just gone. By now, everyone knows that these cryptos are essentially useless for uh, transactions in, in everyday commerce because they're too cumbersome and expensive to buy stuff with or, or transfer uh, fiat money with, and, and even internationally. And, and uh, there are much quicker and simpler and cheaper ways of, of doing it. And, and then there are the cryptos hair-raising ups and downs that make transactions super risky. And uh, folks have now uh, given up hailing them as the next payment system. Instead, uh, the meme is now that they're, quote, a store of value and a hedge against inflation. So one heck of a store of value uh, <laughs> that has now lost 40% or 50% or 60% of its value in a few weeks. And, and one heck of a way of hedging against 5% or 6% or even 10% inflation by right off the bat losing 50% in a few weeks. That's a huge plunge in purchasing power in just a few weeks, something close to crypto hyperinflation. Just shut up and buy works wonderfully until suddenly it doesn't. So folks buy the effing dip with these uh, uh, stocks or cryptos or whatever, and, and they get run over by the next and even deeper effing dip, and, and they do it again, all along jabbering about store value and, and hedge against inflation and collapse of the fiat dollar. And, and they get run over and again and again by more effing dips, and, and at some point they've had enough. Just buy the effing dip works wonderfully until it sadly doesn't. There's no guarantee that these things will come back. Some of the stocks might go to zero. Others uh, might plunge uh, 95% and spend the next 20 years down by uh, 95%, surviving and, and, and not doing uh, much of anything else. MicroStrategy, a uh, dot-com bust survivor, is, is one of those. It is now a cloud services and software company that massively bought into Bitcoin in recent years and, and was able to run up its share price on the coattails of the spike in Bitcoin. And, and at one point, well, on February 9th, its shares exceeded 1300 bucks. But uh, today, they're down 65% from that spike. The thing is, even at a share price of $450 as of the close on Friday, it is still down 85% from its peak in March 2000, meaning 21 years ago, the moment the dot-com bust kicked off. And it massively leveraged up to buy that uh, pile of Bitcoin. Uh, over the past year, its long-term debt ballooned by a factor of 17 from $100 million at the end of March 2020 to $1.7 billion at the end of March 2021. If Bitcoin drops below a certain level, this leverage might blow up the company. 
And, and that's a survivor, one of the lucky ones. Lots of dot-com super-hype novas just disappeared and, and their shares went to zero. The Nasdaq crashed 78% at the time. The, the strategy of buying the effing dip got people wiped out on the way down. Only a small number of dot-com creations survived the bust intact and, and thrived afterwards, and including Amazon. And uh, buying the final dip of Amazon stock and, and holding it na- until now has worked out phenomenally well, but, but Nikola isn't going to be the next Amazon. And, oh, there, uh, there was lots of leverage back then, and, and now there's even more leverage. Leverage is the great accelerator on the way up, and, and it's the great accelerator on the way down. Most of the leverage is hidden, and it's not reported, and even Wall Street firms don't know where it is and how much it is, and, and no one knows until something blows up. We saw that when Archegos blew up. The, the biggest broker-dealers, such as Goldman Sachs, Credit Suisse, Deutsche Bank, and Morgan Stanley and others, they, they provided billions of dollars each in leverage for, this, uh, for, for, for the highly concentrated trades of Archegos, and, and no one knew uh, of the others. Each broker-dealer knew only about its own exposure to Archegos, and they didn't find out just how much leverage was involved until Archegos was in full collapse mode. The Fed warned about this leverage in its uh, financial stability report uh, released earlier in May. It warned particularly about the vast parts of hidden leverage among hedge funds and insurance companies, and it specifically pointed at Archegos as an example of what happens when hidden leverage blows up. So given the amount of hidden leverage in the system, particularly among hedge funds and family offices such as uh, Archegos and and insurance companies, uh, we don't know how much total leverage there is. But we do know uh, that leverage is crazy high. We know because the only measurement we have that is reported monthly is margin debt that uh, brokers report to FINRA. So this is just the classic margin debt in brokerage accounts. And, and this margin debt jumped from historic high to historic high in recent months. And at the end of April, it reached about $850 billion. That has shot up by over 55% from February 2020 before all heck broke loose. Leverage, once prices go down, causes forced selling. And and then prices plunge further, which triggers even more forced selling. That's why leverage is the great accelerator on, on the way down. When crypto started selling off, it was made worse by leverage among hedge funds in, in that space, and it turned into a full-blown crash. And, and there's contagion. When highly leveraged hedge funds get in trouble with their cryptos and, and they're forced to sell, they're going to sell what is the most liquid. And that's not the cryptos. It's, it's stocks. So when they come under pressure, they might sell a mix of cryptos and other things that they have that they can sell, such as stocks. And, and that's one of the ways by which a crypto crash can bleed into the stock market. Now, all eyes are on the housing market. The same insanity that has befallen the crypto space and the SPACs and the EV SPACs and the IPO space, etc., meaning the raging mania is visible in all its glory in the housing market, where it manifests itself in, in crazy bidding wars by buyers who, who have uh, looked at the house only on photos and videos and, and uh, who waived all inspections and conditions and who have no clue what repair and maintenance expenses they'd face after they buy the house. Often they have no clue what they're buying, but they're, they're engaging in bidding wars over it. Just shut up and buy. That's the philosophy. But the strategy of just shut up and buy has a shelf life. 
And when that shelf life expires, it doesn't work anymore. And it, it gets very costly, And uh, as we're now seeing in these other segments. I'm Wolf Richter at WolfStreet.com, where we tell the stories behind business, finance, and money. Thank you for listening to the Wolf Street Report.